Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? All right. So what was... Kissel, you had a working theory about what makes a child more attractive. You said that (laughs) it's confidence that makes her come stronger. What are you talking about? Oh, my goodness. Lies. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) I I just don't know if it's true. Uh, It seems like if you have a decades and decades worth of of alcohol abuse uh and drug abuse, we're not talking about each each other. Right. We're talking about, technically, we're talking about Stephen King, but that it would affect the looks of your children. I don't know. I'm Um, not a scientist. No. All right. Welcome to Side Stories, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Henry Zabrowski. Yes. How you doing? Yes, it is. And I am in. I'm. I'm good, yeah. man. I'm in. I'm fucking. I'm in Steel City, baby. Yeah. You're in Pennsylvania. You're in Pittsburgh. That means you're a Yinzer. That's what they call about there. Um. What I like here is that the uh, a Pittsburgh salad is a pile of French fries <laughs> with lettuce wrapped around it. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. I. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Not bad. Um, Kissel, I've been meaning to approach uh, this subject. Okay. Okay. I don't mean to sandbag this with you. I don't mean to to do what's it gotcha journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want to do that to you. All right. Because right. normally, like, I you, feel like I, you're about to do that though. It no. seems like you're setting up to do exactly what you just said you didn't want to do. No, no, no. Listen. All right. I've been hearing other shows do this thing called vulnerability. Right. Oh. Okay. And I've heard that uh-huh. other shows that people like open up. They with the cause our show is about us as right. us. It's like talking, just jabbing jabbering as friends, being friends, chit chat. Sure. It's like the it's like the chew. This this show is like the last podcast version of the chew. Right, yeah, sure. And sure. so I felt yeah, we need like a cooking segment, I think. Yeah, which I have done already. We did it with the Patreon yeah. interview this week. I turned it into a right. cooking section. Um, yeah, check out the Patreon interview. Great Patreon interview this week, all about Krampus, of course, the evil uh, character during Christmas. Not an evil Santa Claus, but check out the Patreon interview. Y- you say evil, but I say technically on the right side of history and what we probably mm. need in this country this day. Do- Kissel, if that's sure. not a hot topic, I don't know what it is. All right, right. But- what's your gotcha question? What is this? Be vulnerable. I am. I'm always vulnerable. I'm king vulnerable. I'm saying this is your moment. To say something vulnerable. Oh, I'm just supposed to present something vulnerable. I'm just going to say say something about your fears 
or well, um, you know, you, I fear. Did you throw I, up I, a lot as a teenager? No, I did not throw up a lot as a teenager. I have a growing fear of flying. Uh, that's really starting to stress me out quite a bit. It really is because we bed. have to fly a lot more. Yeah, we fly a lot more. I'm too big to do it. I think my weight alone will tip over the like that man that we're going to cover here who stole that plane in Seattle. I think the plane is going to go upside down and inevitably end up crashing in the woods somewhere. That's a fear. Fear of being alone. Fear of no longer being loved. Uh, those kinds of things. That's okay. basically it. Okay, yeah. good. Good, good, good. Good start. Yeah, All why right. do we have to do that? We're bumping our numbers. So listen to oh, me. Oh, we're bumping right. the number. This is what we're yeah, doing. This is, by the way. Okay, what's your vulnerability? I, this is what we're supposed to do? Yes. Is this good content? I think so. My vulnerability? <laughs> I work too hard. Oh, my God. Oh. Yes, I think that's All right. <laughs> well, we got a bunch of fun stories to get to, despite what Henry is. Uh, what, I'm just going to say he's a bit of a prick, ladies and gentlemen. Just between me and you and the audience. Just between me and the audience. Um, all right. I want to talk about this story. Henry, I'm going to read this first story here. Now, this is about a woman, and her name is Amethyst Realm. Okay. And uh, she says, I don't know if that's her birth name or no. not, or if that's just given to her it's, by a wizard or something. It's not. Okay. And she says that she is in a serious sexual relationship with a ghost. They met in Australia, and they want to have kids together. Great. So isn't that exciting? Little I, ghost children. I will say... Because um, Casper could come sliding out, and wouldn't that be you the cutest know. thing on the face of the planet? Well, what is a ghost baby? Is it just a little, just a little poof out there? I think that has a different term. It's a queef. Yes, <laughs> that's what you said yesterday. We were talking <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah, it's a little queef. Yeah, it's. A I little keep phantom. it nice and PG. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, um, I wonder. Uh, what are the details? So how did she? How did right, she so meet this, this ghost? How now, did she? Like, what does this even mean? I don't know. Maybe it's like a ghost uh, version of Tinder or something like that. So she claims she has sex with ghosts, and she has now revealed she finally is in a serious relationship with one of them. So I think she kind of slept around the ghost community. We're not she shaming her. Reputa- not shaming. I don't give a crap what you do. So she slept around the ghost community, and she found the ghost. I suppose D uh, that she liked the most, and she is ready, finally, to settle down. Amethyst Realm, she hit the headlines last year when she revealed that she has slept with 15 ghosts since breaking up with her fiancé 12 <laughs> years ago. So perhaps she's not quite over the breakup. Uh, I guess if you're the fiancé, you're like, I don't know what happened. I am so Maybe just try to get back together with her. Well, the one thing that's nice is always like when someone, like the one thing that always feels good is that if you're if your boyfriend or girlfriend of your breakup, if they end up like marrying or in a super long term relationship with the person that they leave you for, great. Then that's fine. Sure, sure. See, the problem with uh, having sex with ghosts is right. um, number one, I can't see it or hear it. Right? Right. Is she right. just writhing around on a bed, just going like, uh, uh, and then like, mm. and then she just feigns having the thing come, and she's just so horny that she can come from the air? I guess so. I think it's easier for a gal to have intercourse with a ghost. That's just speculation. Feel free to DM me on Instagram if you think it's they not will. easier. I just feel like if you're a guy, you got nothing. You got no friction in there. Uh, but if you're a gal, you got the emotions, you sense the ghost. We've all seen what um, 
what was the name of that film with Patrick Swayze? I think it was called Ghost yes. or something like that. Yes, it's called and Ghost. That was, okay, yes. but that was very romantic. So the ladies, they think about Patrick Swayze. They think about working on clay pots. They think, oh, I can put a flower in that pot when I'm done with the sexual, uh, you know, kind of situation there. You so have perhaps to be, it's, uh, it, it works out. You just have to be the horniest woman in the world. I mean, like, I'll put it this way. There was a or point. Or heartbroken. There was a point, I want to say around 22, 23. Now, this is much to the chagrin of my fiance or maybe my family. 22, 23, I could make myself come to orgasm oh. without touching Ugh. my penis, right? Because I was so gripped with it. Gripped okay, with but the let's... spirit of horniness. Listen to me. All right. So I'm just going to speculate, though. Your, your belly was quite large. I, I could think have there rubbed is, the oh, tip. I think there was a constant rub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could have rubbed the tip against so, my own belly That button. is yes. a yes, problem that, is, yes. that you've dealt with. <laughs> it's possible. But... If I was to say have at that point changed my name to Ruby Pants General or um, <laughs> Mr. Pearls, right? I could have oh, said wow. at that point as I was having sex with the coast. Um, yes. And that makes fun. You gave I, your- I think a woman, let me actually, um, I mean, my fiance's in the room. Natalie, can a woman come from the air? We're going to get some air opinions here coming in from Natalie. Without, without, and- hmm? Oh, and the answer oh. is they're no longer getting married. She's Isn't leaving. She's packing her bags and she's walking out of the hotel room. No, she says that, okay. if, she says that if a woman catches the proper jet stream. <laughs> but that's a ghost. That is a ghost. <laughs> so they want, so unlike flying the plane, you want to hit some turbulence and then it all works out. <laughs> I get, I don't know. So well, anyway, this woman, she decided to take things out of all the 15 ghosts she found, one that she loves, and she decided to take things to the next level and is in quote unquote a pretty serious relationship with this ghost, the ghost who Amethyst can't see but believes she can communicate and have sex with has now returned with her to the UK and the relationship is progressing. I don't know, do you buy it a plane ticket? Does it no. need a seat? No. I don't know. I don't understand how you travel with a ghost, or does it just fly along the plane, alongside it? I guess, I mean, she's obviously uh, somewhere between in desperate need for attention slash right. uh, mentally ill. And it could be both, right? But uh, I also wonder, like, I'm going to try and put my believer's cap on that I do every once in a while and imagine. Uh-huh. She does have this weird type of entity. I'm imagining an Idris Alba. Sure. That is following her around, right? Like that type right. of ghost. Uh, and But my thing is, is that I in the very, and like, huh. Like, I guess if you do believe you could have a child with it, if you believe that that is possible, like you're right. doing some kind of magic working. Like there is something along the idea of like what uh, the what L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons did in order to bring about the Babylon working where the woman would come that would host the Antichrist. But at some point, that woman would need to be real. Like you would still need the vessel. So what I imagine is going to happen is, is that some man is going to show up. If a man is smart mm-hmm. enough to, cause you know, like any poker, it's a bluff is all about timing. Sure. So I think a bluff is also a good name for a ghost baby. <laughs> call it a, call it a bluff. I don't know but, why. But if a man, kind of fun. a man right now, and I'm going to just put this out here in the universe. If you're listening to Uh-oh. this and, and you're in the UK, if you find that this amethyst Ruby woman, amethyst realm woman realm yeah. is attractive. You she show, is She's very pretty, very pretty. You show up at her apartment Uh-oh. in colonial dress 
right? You're from <laughs> Australia. You put on an Australian accent. The, you like the ghost up. of Christmas past. Yes. <laughs> All yes. right. And you show up at the house being like, Australian accent, being like, Shrimps had a Bobby. Oh, he's like, oh, hey there. That's bad. That's horrible. Australian. Hey, are there? Oh, I'm the ghost you've been fucking. Right? You show up. That is the equivalent of an Outback Steakhouse when it comes to being authentically Australian. Yeah, you go, I put some shrimps and a Barbie. And you go out what there. What is that? Is that a Midwesterner mixed with an Irish I person don't know who what just it is. happens to be hammered? I don't know what it is. In order to do Australian, okay. honestly, even on the show, in order for me to do Australian, I have to work up to it for about 20 minutes before the show to even practice and not even <laughs> think of doing this accent. So what I would say is you show up and you tell her you're the physical version of this ghost and you start fucking her and she'll have a baby. I guess so. And then the best well, part is, what- is that you could just disappear. I suppose, yeah. You could literally you could literally ghost her and then she'd be like, that's my guy. Um, <laughs> this is what she told an Australian website and the name of the website is New Idea. So the name of the Australian <laughs> website is New Idea. She said, when it comes to the meeting of the ghost, how did you meet the ghost? Perhaps the questionnaire asked. She says, one day... Well, I was walking through the bush, I guess that's an Australian term for, I guess, bush, um, enjoying uh, <laughs> nature. I suddenly felt this incredible energy. I knew a new lover had arrived. She went on to say, it's pretty serious. In fact, we've even been thinking about having a ghost baby. That's her words. I know that sounds crazy, but I've been looking into it, and I don't think it's totally out of the question. So it is getting serious there. Maybe we'll have to have a ghost Mori Povich episode, figure out which one of these ghosts is the father. There's 15 of them. Perhaps there's a competition. I don't know. Wait a second, my ghost baby. Uh-huh. It's got Asian face. I've been cheated upon. Oh, my. Oh, super secret. Cheated upon. Is that all? I don't. That's Cockney. Cheated upon. Oh, no. Oh, my Somebody God. Somebody was trying to slip his wick into me there. And then someone else jumped out. So it just slipped a wick in there. Mislip. A bit of a mislip. All right. Yeah, your regular Heath Ledger over there. Uh, she <laughs> believes the phantom pregnancies are actually ghost babies, claiming they don't go to term because the human body and the mind can't process them. So that's why she's not taking these ghost pregnancies to term. And last year, Amethyst appeared on This Morning to talk about the fact that she left her fiancé after he caught her having an affair with a spirit. So she left I mean, the fiance because she was having an affair with a ghost. How can you I, you imagine that losing your girlfriend to a ghost? How boring does that guy have to be? Number one, it would be on brand for me. Mm-hmm. Number two, you dodged a bullet. I guess. At so. this point, if you have to, say, I mean, honestly, though, Kissel, like we shifted to like out of just like we're funny brain, like uh-huh. to your real life, right? If Brooke showed up one day. Right, you come in with puffin. You've oh. had a long day huffing back and forth. You've been yelling. You know, what sure. I mean, you're covered in sweat. Yeah, right. that's me right now. She, yeah, yes, yes. You show him the living room. Brooke is like, we have to talk, and you sit down with her, and she's like, I, I have something to tell you, something honest, and you're like, get on with it, because you know that's how it always starts. Well, uh, impatient, sure. Yes, and she's like, I had sex with a ghost last night, and I think I have feelings for this ghost. Like, right. What would you, I mean? You'd just leave. You'd be like, "Oh, no, I'm so ro- glad that roll you did this it now. in, roll it in, make it part of the family." Puffin, Ben, Brooke, and the Ghost. It's a sitcom. 
And then, at, and at some point, we'll have to adopt a ghost uh, when you know the episodes start to kind of fall flat a little bit. I mean, you know, whatever makes her happy. She told him, uh, "This is what uh, this is what uh, Miss Realm says." She said. I could I could imagine you've got quite a name for yourself in the spirit world. That was the question. He asked her earlier when she had her first sexual encounter with a ghost. She said, it was 12 years ago. I was living with my fiance. He was working away a lot. And that's when she started to feel the presence. And that's exactly what happened to this guy, what Henry just described in theory or in a, in a, in a, in a, what, a, a parable. But if Brooke broke up with me, that's exactly what happened. She said she's gone off men completely and has had sexual relationships with 14 ghosts, but uh, asked if she would feel that way forever. And someday she wants children. She says she believes she can get pregnant by having sex with a ghost. So we'll see what happens. We'll follow the story. I honestly feel like there's going to be so many like retweets of this story with like hashtag me, like hashtag goals. You know what I mean? Like, right, I feel like there's right. going to be a lot of that. I do understand it. I feel like the the dude kind of dodged a bullet here. Right. I think she's got a lot of stuff to work out. Um, yes. I think that this got a lot to do with resentment of the fact that he was traveling a lot for work. Um, and, and he was a ghost. Yeah. And he, uh, yes, he literally was a ghost to yeah. her in the house. And she's like, you better be careful because when you're gone, I'm going to be having sex with a ghost. And he's just like, right. do whatever you want. All right. I'm in the kangaroo harnessing business. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. I, I, he could be out there. God knows what he's doing. All right. And he's just trying to make, he's just trying to bring the shrimps home to put on the Barbie. Right. You right. know, and so um, he absolutely. You have a great understanding of the Australian people, of love, romance. <laughs> you got it. it all worked out. <laughs> We're I, gonna- I do... I would love to see this like deleted scene in Love Actually, where one of the characters has a ghost relationship. But to end this, uh, to wrap this up, uh, the interviewer did ask if the ghost sex ends in orgasm, and Amethyst says, "For me, yes," which I think means that the ghost is ghost blue balls. Um, but she said, "For me, yes," but the ghost, I guess, isn't. Maybe that's why she's not getting pregnant. I don't know. Anyway, could you that's imagine Amethyst that? Realm. The fucking the ghost is like, oh, 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 and you know, she's like, I'm going, I'm going, and he's just like, okay, I'm, I'm close as well. I'm close. I think I'm having one, and Uh-oh. then she's like, ah, just rolls over, starts making a sandwich, and then he's just standing there, being like, wouldn't it be nice if both of us could orgasm? <laughs> <laughs> He's got kind of a, a, a cuckold situation, maybe. Um, all right, so that's that story. Let us know. DM me on Instagram at benkissa one Have you maybe had a relationship with a ghost? Let's hear your thoughts on that. Well, I will say is I'm really glad we started with a serious story so yes. that we could really segue properly into the story <laughs> of this man who stole Horizon, a Horizon airplane from Seattle Airport this weekend, Horrifying. and he crashed it into an island. It is... It's horrifying just simply because it can be done. It seemed to be done relatively simply. This dude who hijacked it, Richard Russell, uh, I like that name, Richard Russell. Uh, He was 29 years old. He ended up stealing this plane. He worked for Horizon Air. He handled the luggage and towing uh, aircrafts and things like that. Yeah, he did. He had the cones. He's the one who directed them into position. Which, you know, that's always what, you know, all the TSA stuff, Henry, maybe you'll agree with me. 
I'm like, it's someone on the inside. That's who scares me the most. No one's traveling. They want to get from point A to point B and uh, do whatever they got to do whenever they get there. It's someone on the inside who's a disgruntled worker. That's who's going to end up doing something bad. TSA, more like the theater of security that they do mm-hmm. each day. Um, I know for a fact when I was stripped because um, Delta oh, yeah. forgot to put my uh, my pre-check on my phone, and I forgot about it. It's been a really long time. It's been like two years since I've had to go through normal security. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, I'm going through. I'm taking off my pants. They're oh, yeah. they're all they're sucking on my feet. I was like, why are we oh, doing this? Goodness. But no, but this well, is this right. is pretty intense. The man referred to as Richard by air traffic controllers in tense recordings. They just said he said to them, "He's just a broken guy." Ooh. And then he so basically he took this plane up, right. which he apparently learned how to do from video games, That's doing cr- flights uh, because uh, which is very interesting. Crazy that you could just do it because I thought it was way more technical than that. I yeah. saw the you see the cockpit, and I think on a bigger plane it is. But I know for a fact I've heard pilots say this is that and obviously connect, correct me if I'm wrong is that uh, the one parts where the pilots have total control of the plane are takeoff and landing, right. That's it. The rest of it is done by machine, by computers. It's all autopilot, and that's what happened in that one flight, uh, that plane that crashed in Buffalo a couple of years ago. It got a licey because they did it on autopilot the whole time, and they're like, click, 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 when it was time to land, and the whole plane was frozen. So I don't even know. Like, I feel bad for pilots that really like to fly because they just mostly sit there like any other passenger eating egg sandwiches and stuff. Honestly, it's the best seat in the house. I guess so. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. It's, I think it's a fantastic job. You're in there, like you're hanging around, you got that cool uniform, you get to drink for free at the airplane <laughs> bar, you can have two or three before you get on that no, plane, I just keep know. yourself loose. Yeah, maybe. But, so he took the plane up, he did some pretty harrowing of like maneuvers. Right. Like he was spinning, he was doing a lot of 360s, he was doing a deep dive, pulling it up. I'm actually very surprised he didn't pass out. Um, and they they had to scramble jets because of the uh, ongoing mission. Basically, uh, this thing called Noble Eagle, mm. where they which is a way they jump into action where as soon as something like this happens. So he had jets fucking uh, tailing him everywhere, ready to, ready to blow him out of the sky. But he was like he went he fueled the plane for going because he said he wanted to go check out the Olympics, which is the the Olympic Mountains. Oh, and that they eventually what well, he was they, they were talking and asking him for like you know hey. Hey, buddy, what's got you know, no. like you're gonna want to bring that plane down soon. I mean, how does he that said, go? Just uh, like, hey, so we'll see you in the plane. Like, but what's going on, bud? Take what's it. going on, buddy? What's up? What's up with you, buddy? Now, to be tense about it, but you kind of have one of her planes there. <laughs> and he said, um, he asked for the coordinates to the killer whale that the, there's a, currently a killer whale shepherding her dead calf through Washington coastal waters oh. for nearly free, three weeks. It was, I, I guess, it was shown on the news. Oh. And he's like, uh, you know, the mama orca with the baby. I want to go see that guy. Really? Well, then why wouldn't he hijack a boat? It's a plane. Good question, it's. it's- and what we have here is some actual recording of Rich talking to the air traffic control. So I think it's about two minutes long. All right. I've got a lot of people that care about me, and uh, it's going to disappoint them to, to hear that I did this. Um, I would like to apologize to each and every one of them. Um, just a broken guy. Got a few screws loose. I guess. Never really knew it until now. There is the uh, the runway just off your right side in about a mile. Do you see that? That's the uh, that's the uh, that's McCord uh, Field. 
Oh man, those guys will rough me up if I uh, try landing there. I think I, I think I might mess something up there too. I wouldn't want to do that. Oh, uh, hopefully. Oh, they probably got anti-aircraft. No, they don't have any of that stuff. Uh, we're we're just trying to find a place for you to land safely. Yeah, not quite ready to bring it down just yet, but holy smokes, I gotta I gotta stop looking at the fuel because it's going down quick. This is probably uh, like jail time for life, huh? I, I mean, I would hope it is for a guy like me. Very good. Nah, I mean, I don't need that much help. I played some video games before. Uh, I would like to figure out how to get this cabin altitude. Like, I know where the box is. I would like to make it pressurized or something so I'm not so lightheaded. Nah, I just told you, I'm not, I don't want to hurt no one. I just want you to whisper sweet nothings into my ear. Hey, you think if I land this successfully, uh, Alaska will give me a job as a pilot? If you wanted to try, that might be the best way to set up and see if you can land there. Or just like the uh, pilot suggests, another option would be over Puget Sound into the water. Dang, uh, did you talk to McCord yet? Because I don't think I'd be happy with you telling me I could land like that because I could mess some stuff up. Well, Rich, I already talked to him, and uh, just like me, what we want to see is you not get hurt or anybody else get hurt. Hey, I want the coordinates of that orca with the, you know, the mama orca with the baby. I want to go see that guy. Stay on the ground. All right. Ah, damn it. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want to. I was kind of hoping that was going to be it, you know? I'm going to land it. I'm like, uh, in a safe, safe kind of manner. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm going to try to do a barrel roll. And if that goes good, I'll just go nose down and call it a night. Oh, wow. All right. Well, that is. He is like John Belushi in 1942, that very uh, bad movie that uh, was the follow-up to Animal House that no one really watched. Um, not the follow-up I'm to actually, Animal House, but a second film. But that was that was crazy. But after listening to the recording, it makes me kind of sad because he seemed like a kind of a normal, fun guy that yeah. ki- that some reason came to the edge. And uh, like, what a shame that he couldn't have figured out how to speak to somebody to before it got to that point. Like, the, right. like I think we, I mean, we talk about it in the show all the time. If you're feeling crazy thoughts, these weird sort of impulse control thoughts, like it's going right. to reach out to somebody and say, hey, what if I took one of these planes tomorrow? And so your buddy can be like, let's not do that. Yes. Maybe that's a bad idea. He seemed like a jovial dude. But uh, yes. obviously totally out of step with the seriousness of the situation on account that he just stole the plane. And an impulse, I understand, lack of impulse control. But my God, once you get a plane up in well, the yeah. air, that's really uh, that's not a good thing. Honestly, from him saying, I kind of thought that this would be it. I legitimately think that he it was a suicide attempt. I think that it was a suicide attempt, and he didn't realize real he didn't really realize it until he was doing it. Right, and then you have all these kind of like long drawn out thoughts. I'm certain that this this story will be g- gone through. I don't know if he left any letters or if he talked with anybody about why he did it. I'm really thankful that he didn't kill a bunch of other people. Oh, absolutely. But I feel like a part of it, it's like, man, it can also just show you. But and again, like whatever security measures you have, there's really uh, not a lot you can do to sort of hold back the human spirit if they want to create a bunch of fucking mayhem. Yeah, that's just kind of part and parcel. No, for what it is. That to me is the scariest part of all this. Like it was I think it was a little too easy. I'm just going to say it was too easy for this guy to steal a plate. I, I think that is the case. 
Uh, how do, I don't the even know. Don't you have to have keys or something? Like, how do you start these things? Like, I mean, there's a social contract that states, hey, don't throw, don't fly planes into things. Like right. this idea of like, it's like we have cars on the highway. We're a part of the kind of the thing that we all agree to is that I'm not going to jerk the wheel into oncoming traffic. Yes, I think about it every 15 minutes. You but do. My therapist 15. calls that intrusive thoughts. Right. It's the whole point of that. It's about like it is a purposeful thought that your brain does just to kind of be like, are you crazy? Uh-huh. And it's like, I'm not that kind of crazy. I'm just the kind of crazy that needs to, to work three scotches to go to sleep that's totally normal you're just you're a uh, 1940s detective kind of crazy you know stressed yeah. out uh I'm, I'm stressed out i'm on the hunt for the truth sure and guess what where the truth doesn't lie in, in some, my dreams yeah and in sobriety apparently um the also thing you know what else is funny about the human mind henry you know what it is what cute like puffin the human brain says, I want to squeeze it and I want to kill it. That's an actual phenomenon. The human mind is like, if it sees something super cute, for some reason we have a primal desire to kill it. I don't know why. Is it just because it's too? we're afraid for it? I we're afraid for its own life? It's like we've been taking Wendy through downtown Pittsburgh oh. and it's like, and she's just so like, like little tiny dog in the big city, but she wouldn't make it. No. If she was on her own. She seems, you know? she seems to like the beach though. She does not. She does not. She likes the sand. Ah. But she is very, very scared of the lake. Well, yeah, that's why I said the, be- the beach is the sand. The lake is the water. For me, a beach is a combination of water and sand because mm. sand is just desert. All right. If it's just sand, it's just a desert. And I will fight you to the fucking death <laughs> over this conversation. If this is if this is how it's got to go, if this is how our friendship has to end, I'm willing to let it end like this. All right. Where where the water meets the sand, that is where we draw the line. Um, and we will fight ourselves. To, we will fight to the death. Also, I want to talk about this story. Henry, this story is uh, Joe Hill. He's the son of Stephen King. And he is he's an, a looker. He's a, he looks a lot like Stephen King. <laughs> After a lot of coke or something. But anyway, he's a great guy. Very Lock and Key is a great graphic novel. And you like all of his books, this Joe Hill guy. I've legitimately read the majority of his books. I've read 20th Century Ghost Rules. Uh, Heart-shaped box rules kept me up at night. Um, I loved, uh, what was it? Not, you know, what was the other one? It was Joe Hill books. It was the one where everything was on fire. It was The Fireman. That one was oh. very interesting, very closer to his father's work. I'm about to start working on Strange Weather once I'm done reading The Three-Body Problem, which I'm currently in the middle of the third book. Jeez, you you know this guy? I'm just going to say he writes a lot. So he... He wrote an article. He has a theory. <laughs> yes, he does. He's a professional author. Oh, that's what they do. Oh, they I have see. to do it. You know that his middle name is Hillstrom. Hillstrom. That's where it comes from. His full name is Joseph Hillstrom King. Hillstrom. So I guess that's why he went as Joe Hill, huh? I guess so. Interesting. He could have gone by Joe Hillstrom, I suppose. It sounds like a last name, not a middle name. I don't think that is a name, uh, but okay. Good for him. So anyway, there is a uh, a tr- this is the this is the title of this article: the true story behind wild theory that Jaws, the film Jaws, could identify a woman found almost beheaded near the beach. So this is this really tragic story from 1974. The woman is called the Lady in the Dunes. She was nearly de- decapitated. Uh, nearly decapitated. Both of her wrists were cut off when she was discovered, and uh, she was uh, her. 
hands were replaced with 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 sticks and with uh, with needles, with pine needles and things. And this is it's still horrifying. completely unsolved. She had a blue bandana tucked underneath her head, and her Wrangler jeans were folded up like a pillow. Still unsolved after over fifty years. Here, nineteen seventy four, and Joe Hill thinks this woman may have been an extra. In the film Jaws, if you pause it, I believe it's at 54 minutes and two seconds. I think that's when it is. Uh, you see a woman wearing, yeah, 54 minutes and two seconds into the film. You see a woman wearing the same blue bandana. She looks very close with the brunette hair. However, she does have different jeans on. But this isn't being totally discredited by people who have studied this, investigators who have studied this over the years. They say any evidence uh, is possibly true. So they say this could be right. It is a very interesting theory. And the, the FBI said when he spoke with the FBI about it, they were like, honestly, we have broken things on less than this. Yes. So they're going to start trying to like work, like pull through it because it, very scary case. Totally. Where it's just like a woman essentially just left and very uh, in true detective style placed because what do you what do we know from true detective and what have we learned from silence of the lambs and shit like that is that they wanted her to be seen right it was a it's a statement it's supposed to be uh this is my this is my version of a joe hill book right except instead of except i'm doing this instead of spending years of doing cocaine yes uh and working in a basement Right. Well, the interesting thing is they say that she was most likely killed elsewhere. She was found 100 miles away from where the beach scene that was shot was shot. And uh, so they say that she was killed elsewhere and brought there, as Henry just said, it, as almost like an art exhibit. Which, I mean, yes. you wonder, did this person kill more people? I mean, this is like out of the movie Seven or something. It's horrifying to think about. Well, hopefully this is the kind of weird ass thing. That breaks it. That all of a sudden it's this very random occurrence. Because I I, th- I always find that very interesting. How many times do we see in serial killer cases that weird little bits of random information are the thing that breaks it, that ends up, like, catching the guy? We recently saw it with, uh, what's his name? Uh, the uh, With uh, Michelle McNamara's book. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Golden State Killer. The- yeah, the Golden State Killer. Right. Yes, absolutely. So this is, uh, according to Hill, he wrote this. This is in a blog post. He said, it would be no surprise at all if a girl summering at, uh, it would be no surprise at all if a girl summering on the Cape decided to take a few days to explore the vineyard, especially with the added bait of celebrity to draw her in. He goes on to say, uh, you know, it, uh, this is according to the uh, an FBI agent, rather, who read uh, Hill's blog. He said, uh, you know, it might be worth going forward with your theory. There might be something in it. Otter ideas have cracked colder cases. So who the hell knows? Um, but either That's way, it would be nice if they could get some closure there. Yeah, as long as like, I just can't have another beloved star taken from me. And if this is Richard Dreyfus, <laughs> I am going to be... Beside myself. Yes. Okay, because I know he's a jerk off. No. But, oh, wow. Well, wow. I, I know his son. His son is a nice guy. I don't know. Um, so this is, uh, again, according to the little blog, he said, two astonishing things happened on the Cape in the summer of 1974. One is that Steven Spielberg filmed Jaws, and the other is that someone murdered this woman in the dunes outside province, uh, Provincetown and got away with it. Anything that stirs people's memories could potentially uh, be productive. Uh, I believe that was according. Yes, that was a uh, that was Hill. So it's interesting. Except if stuff. it's every teamster in the world and every yes. set that's ever been who's been like, yeah, I remember she had a nice bottom, right, Joey? Hey, oh, 
and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And they all used to be smoking cigarettes, but now it's vape. Yes, that's true. I mean, I will say, though, I love the crew. You got to love the crew. They're always the best. I love Teamsters. Love them. Love Please the don't. We've, we're in the middle of Iceman, okay? <laughs> I don't want to piss off the Teamsters, all right? I know what happens. I love the Teamsters. Transpo is incredibly important, and they need their breaks. Yes. I don't care what anybody says. They have to have those breaks once an hour for 15 minutes of that hour. Right. And this lady, she's five foot six or five foot ten or five five six to five eight, 150 pounds. She was found by a young gal who was walking her beagle. Once again, uh, I don't even know if I'm going to take Puffin out for walks anymore. You, it just seems like nothing good ever happens when you go on these uh, journeys. You do take Puffin out quite a bit, which I think is really nice. I do. And, uh, yes, he loves to be outside. Yeah, he's going, He's being outside. It's nice, but he's going to find a hand. He's got that cute little face, too, where he's going to have those big eyes. You know you're going to look over, and you're like, oh, Puffin, what you got there, buddy? And then he's going to be like, it's going to be a severed penis in his hand. He's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh my God. It'll be great for the show, though. Yes, that, that reminds me of our Iceman episodes. Richard Kuklinski, he is... Ooh, stay tuned for part three. I think it gets more uh, more disgusting from here. Um, there's and, a lot of there's a lot more ball torture. Yeah, he. I mean, I was thinking about this again yesterday. Just obsessed, obsessed with the ball torture. I, I just don't. You know, I would say leave it alone. But that's just me. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but Kissel, you're trying to make people feel pain. Yeah, you're I know that. To, you're going for it. That's what my father always said. He's like, even your fight, he's like, it doesn't make you a pussy to punch the guy in the balls. But it he's like, does. you got to go for the balls. You got to mess with the balls. You got to uh. pinch on him. You got to suck on him a little bit to freak him out. Uh. You know, like nothing <laughs> freaks a guy out in the middle of a fight more than you just start sucking his dick. Yeah, <laughs> like he gets really upset, or or he's just like, you know, he, you open him up, yeah. and then he starts crying. Sure. Well, thinking about his whole past, he doesn't know where he's coming from, where he's going. He doesn't right. know what he's got to change. He doesn't know what he's got to tell his wife. Yeah, I would like to see that episode. I think it's the UFC reality show Ultimate Fighter. If a trainer was just a very, it was a very special trainer. who's just like, what you got to do? Get down and just start. You know, fellatio. You got to weaponize love. Right. Right. That's um, what it's about. I wanted to talk a little bit briefly. I mean, like, we're going to be closing out the show here pretty soon. Right. Um, I'm just going to say this. If you want to pop an, pop open a pretty decent-sized rabbit hole for yourself and okay. be able to get lost in it and make yourself kind of alienate your family a little bit, which I like to do every once in a while just to show that I still can. Sure. Um, the death of Max Spears. Uh, this was a guy uh, recently. So uh, the reason why they popped back up on the news is that Max Spears was a ufologist slash conspiracy theorist from Britain who was recently okay. in 2016 was found in Poland uh, sleeping on the bed of a, uh, of a on the couch of what may or may not have been his girlfriend, who was a reporter named Monica Duval. Wait a from second. May or may, may or may not have been his girlfriend. Isn't that something that they would like? Are you his girlfriend or are you not his girlfriend? And she was like, I don't know. Okay. And so they they went and uh, basically uh, he was found vomiting up black fluid out of his mouth, like two liters of black fluid, and he died. And and a couple of weeks ago, the Polish police uh, force issued back his – his computers and phone back to his family and uh, they were wiped clean. Now, this is Wait. obviously an opportunity to make a joke about the Polish <laughs> police force. Um, but it is also um, highly strange yes. uh, because a part of what Max's, Max Spears' job was, I mean, like, obviously um, 
you could say he's full of shit, but then you'd stop the rabbit hole. Sure. Uh, he said that he was a part of a thing called Project Mannequin. Okay. Now, this is where the rabbit hole is. All right. Project Mannequin was the UK's version of MK Ultra. I have not done the full research into it yet to find out if it was real or not, but essentially the story was broken by a man named James Casbolt mm. uh, in the early 2000s, where he said that as a boy, because of specific abilities that he had as a little baby boy, and because his family was connected to the Illuminati, he was brought to the UK's version of Area 51, AL-499, and he was trained to do things like create control sound waves with his brain. Hmm. In order to manipulate people, he could. Uh, he was a super soldier, and that Max Spears says that he was a part of the same problem. Now he was, saying, he was part of the same program. Okay. Now he says that when you hit thirty, the problem is that once you hit thirty, your uh, your programming starts breaking down. You start remembering your memories. Oh, like and someone so who uh, that, is like a child star in the Disney Channel. Yes. Okay. Exactly. All right, all right. Like all of a sudden, you're like, I remember every producer, <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden you get to tell everybody leave, uh, because leave Britney alone. Our, it's just nice that it, our brain saves us like that, yes. number one. Thank you, brain. Um, but Max Spears, this is uh, I, this is just a, I mean, a tiniest scratch of the surface. Okay. Because there are many things involved here. Because Max Spears seemed to have a, a, a lot of problems with opiates. His last interview, uh. which was put up a couple of days after his death, is unfortunate. It is him slurring, completely incoherent. He says he mm. was under psychic attack, but I think that he was under psychic attack from himself, from the heroin he was using, but okay. I don't know. I gotta ask, that's what he says. I gotta ask, on a scale of Jesse Camp, the former MTV VJ, or um, Boy George when he was giving the interview high on heroin, and then he kept on falling asleep on the pin on the on the on the ballpoint uh, pen, and then at the end of it he had all these little markings like uh, like he was some kind of uh, astrological like like he was some kind of what do you call that like a star map anyway uh, what, yes. what what was he like Jesse Camp to Boy George I'd put him between the two with I would include them in that. With a George H. Bush, first Bush, George Bush Sr., passing out in the lap of the Japanese emperor. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I would put it, I I would the put it in there. the situation. <laughs> yes. All I right. would put him in there. I, um, that is a 90s reference. Yes. Everyone gets it. For those of you that, yeah. for those of you that are very young. Uh-huh. Um, but also the problem with James... Uh, the problem with James Casbolt is that he recently he's been put in jail for uh, 12 years for harassing his former girlfriend, saying that he was going to uh, bl- kill her whole family, blackmail oh. her whole family, unless they gave him $2 million. And then it found out that he had been he had been stalking me- many, many women online by creating these fake personas and harassing them. One of them being um, he became known as not as the slender man, but the slender Spaceman, and he started um, harassing people online and on his blog. For some reason, um, she he kept terrifying her, creating a fake account called the Slender Man and pranking her through hmm. Facebook, like saying like he's really the Slender Man coming to kill her, like in an unfriended scenario. Oh, and my. then in one of his blogs, Casbolt for some reason wrote. When it comes to scaring women, you got to make it as evil and as horrifying as possible. Okay. And I actually think that also applies to men. Yeah, when it comes to scaring anyone, it seems like the guy probably needs to be behind bars. He might be a total predator. And the slender spaceman will always be David Bowie. So he, he does not get that whatsoever. But he, he, does, does, he does not he get that title. A, but he does have a lot of claims, James Caswell. The problem is that Max Spears also said that he, has this, he had the same 
powers. Um, it said that he could be in charge of a thing called Lerm, which is light encoded reality matrix, which you could like think about things that you need, kind of like mm. in the matrix, and you could put them in your brain. He said that he, I'm trying to find all of the different karates that he was good at because they don't sound real. I want to find out if somebody else has seen the the uh, the. It's like Kumjut King. Hmm. It was a couple of things that I have not really heard of before that I'm certain that there are. I know there's many variants yeah. of martial art. Um, uh-huh. He did. Uh, so I don't know what's real or what's not. I don't think a lot of it's real. Well, they don't seem to be very credible. I do like that he's into a lot of karate. Uh, that's always an interesting personality type that loves karate, not demeaning or maligning any people who love karate. But it is it does take a specific person because it's my uh, understanding that they don't really hit each other, um, but they, but they are, but they do get points. And I don't I never do, understood how uh, how karate works, not, how competitions work. I'm not maligning. Let's because not they're strong. please. I'm not. Can we please not? Make fun of people in the martial arts world. I'm not. I love They are them. very serious. I just, you know, he just says he's done a lot of things that I don't think that he's done. All right. Well, there that but is. But he did. But I will say he does it on, at educate-slash-yourself.org. Educate-yourself.org. He has a really good breakdown of how the triggering commands are supposed to do. Because essentially it's a very, uh, Project Mannequin was very similar to, um, the the MK Ultra thing where they have triggering techniques. Okay. Where it's like one of those is that you get a call, you get an electric message. One of the real mannequin codes is is bla- uh, is blasted at you like this one, which is Lima one one seven two Bravo Mike XXX XX, and then you hear the code signal. The puppets are mobile. Oh, it is we who pull the strings. Oh my! But. Apparently, this also connects to Robert Picton and his oh. concept of create of murdering sex workers in order to work for a clone agency that he would use the empty bodies of the clones mm. to put the brains of the celebrities that were working out of Buckingham Palace with Queen Elizabeth in order to surreptitiously work about the 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 uh, needs of the New World Order using the power of celebrity, but in the bodies of these Vancouver sex workers. Well, you know what? I'm just going to say you never know what people are thinking about. And uh, that's why I don't, I don't explore too much. I, I just kind of, you know, let's keep it to the surface there. Everyone, everyone, uh, you know, uh, dismisses small talk. They say, I don't like small talk. I don't like small talk. Big talk is when you start thinking about things like that. You see, you're very, you see, this is the problem is that the less life you lead without truly examining yourself. Mm-hmm. This is what I was saying about being vulnerable at the beginning. Of the I show. was very vulnerable. That, uh, yes. But you're going to be very afraid of the ideas that pop up if you don't. If we don't have these big conversations, right. you have to be able to express them. I have to be able to say whatever controversial thing comes out of my mind. Sure, because if not, it festers. Right? Yeah, and of course, um, naturally, and if, it's, it's always great to like. Do, am I going to have a career tomorrow? You know, kind of fun. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I like setting little man landmines for all of us. Sure, it doesn't really matter because if the time comes, if you, we we've it's already out there. Don't steal a plane, okay? Well, you mentioned Slenderman just very quickly. My home state of Wisconsin. That's where the Slenderman stabbing happened. Uh, that movie. There is a movie coming out called Slenderman, and the Marcus Corporation. It's a theater chain in Wisconsin. They have said they will not be showing the film in the locations around. Uh, nor in the town that that Slenderman stabbing uh, took place. However, it will be showing the films in Milwaukee and Waukesha counties. So kind of interesting. That stabbing, of course, was in 2014. And uh, there's a documentary on Netflix about it. So I I understand uh, why that film is a little bit, uh, 
you know, controversial there in my home state. Do these people not really think that the true proxies of Slenderman with his incredible cock oh. would take the green line to Waukesha in order to see the movie and play fucking the pay tribute to the, their master? I have no idea. I'm sure people will go and, and watch. I don't know if the movie's going to be any good, but it is. People drive for two or three hours for good cock. I've heard. Yeah, and for good movies, especially when you live in a small town in Wisconsin, they may I've or may not have a movie theater. I've heard it's not a very good movie. No, I don't. It doesn't look very good. They, they, no. they butcher a lot of these kinds of uh, internet phenomenons, I think. Because so you know it's very good. What? That sharp objects at HBO. I heard it's good. All right. Well, I am loving it. I know. I am loving it. You know what else is also good? I am a killer on Netflix. You would like that. It's about death row. Ah, yes, that would be very good. You love things about prison. Oh, it's interesting. We got to reform it, but that's not for this show. Um, All right, everyone. Well, those are the main big fun stories in in the true crime news this week. Uh, Feel as always. Yep. Send them to us. Yeah. Uh, We should set up our own email. For this, so people could just start sending stories to that because um, I'm basically completely checked out of Twitter. I know you're you're ba- you're barely in and out. Well, I got to do. You can so DM me at Ben Kissel uh, one on Instagram, and I'll yeah, find you, you could there. do the same thing for me. My Instagram, I'm still active on Instagram, so you can yeah. DM me on Instagram at Doctor Fantasty if you have any good stories. But we should set up our own email for the next time so that we could start just having an account. We can log all the stories. That's, log log them. Um, that's fine. But for now, the last podcast network at Gmail. You can feel free to use that. Um, send us your stories. Yeah, perhaps we'll have an email, a different email next week. Who knows? Um, but yeah, and we'll see everybody in Phoenix and in, uh, is it Santa Rosa or Santa Ana that we're going Santa to? Santa Ana. We're going to Santa, Santa Ana. Okay. But I would say this, man. Hey, we know we've got to be careful of in Phoenix is these haboobs. What's that? Haboobs are dust storms that have been uh, attacking Phoenix recently. Gigantic, massive dust storms. So scared. Yeah. I'm driving there. It sounds, I'm going to take pictures. Well, why would they name it a haboob? I think it's, I, a, I think I it's another know. culture. It's, I guess so. Um, all right, everyone. <laughs> I, Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. <laughs> Hail Satan. If you're going to be alive, and if you're not loving, you Uh-oh. better be laughing. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? Because if you're not loving, you just sitting there with your friends at night laughing and laughing with your freedom, mm-hmm. getting drunk, punching each other in the face. No love. And then what happens is that one day you just die in your apartment, and you know who finds you? The landlord. Maybe. That's so, not good. Or That's what happens. No one will care. No one will look for you if you don't have love. Not to make but you feel bad. No. I mean, but that is the case. That is truly the case. Find someone, anyone. Settle if you have to. Hey, even find a ghost. That seems to work for people, too. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.